21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. There are times in all of our lives When you see the world around with such beautiful clarity And you want to Dell, Subway, Kraft. <laughs> when that precious moment's past, you're starting over. Voiceover artists, beautiful, big, famous companies. <laughs> I do enjoy it. It's a lot of fun. Who pass into our lives, and you think that they will be right beside you forever. But if you hold on way too much or use one as a crew. What was the moment when you decided that voiceover work was your calling? Oh, it took a while. It took a long time. I, I come from a very musical family, so both my parents are musicians. My mom sings, my dad plays guitar. That was how we grew up. My sister and I, we we had sing-along at bedtime, not story time. That was what we did as a family. So I've always loved voice and sound and music and all of that. And I've been immersed in it all my life. But I'm also very right and left-brained. So um, so I, I, I like the tech aspect of things too. So when I found out about computers and the internet and all of that stuff, I just went bananas. Like that was, I loved it. <laughs> and I've been on the internet probably since 1995. And even before that, I was on bulletin boards, which were remote, but not really on the internet. So I've been doing this a long, long time. When I first started, I really wanted to get into the tech aspects of things and be in internet marketing and SEO and search engine optimization. So I had a songwriting website, a resource on, on the web called The Muses Muse, started that in 1995, promoted it on no money at all, <laughs> learned all about internet marketing and search engine optimization and how to promote it with no money, and then took that information and used it on behalf of clients. So I did that for a long time. I did that for like 12 years. And then in 2007, Google was basically it. Google was suddenly the only search engine that mattered anymore. And I got really bored, <laughs> really, really bored. So uh, I had volunteered my time at the Canadian National Institute for the Blind, reading books onto tape. And at that time, it actually really was reel-to-reel -reel tape. And uh, I did that for about a year. And um, when I was finished with that, I, I kind of understood that that was something I could do but I hadn't really gotten into it until 2007. So it sat in the back of my head and it was like this little germ of an idea. And then I decided that in 2007, when I got so bored with Google being it, uh, it was time to do something else. And I was already self-employed. So really for me, the only thing it was, was a focus shift. So one day I was doing internet marketing and SEO, and the next day I was doing voiceovers. And that was all I was going to devote all my time to, and that was it. <laughs> so I had to do a lot of research before I was actually going to make any money at this, because you need coaching, and you need a demo, and you need all the things that make you a business, of course. <laughs> but uh, that was really where the seed began. It has to end, and you're starting over.
There's, there's a difference between going on Fiverr and selling your voice as a commodity. So the time it takes you to do, and there's letting people use it for whatever they need to use it based on how much time it took you to do or how long the script is. And then there's a difference between being a voice actor as a full-time voice actor, doing it, you know, that's the only thing that you do, and using it in broadcast, non-broadcast, national, local, uh, regional, knowing where it's going to be used for how long, how many people are hearing it, and not selling your voice as a commodity. So it's not about chain. It's it's not about charging your, um, you know charging people for your time it's about charging them for the usage you sing your song it has to end and you're starting over so that is a different thing and i think it's what differentiates the uh hobbyist from the professional because it's kind of the same deal, the same context as music licensing. So when you're licensing a piece of music, it depends on how long you're going to be using it, who's going to be hearing it, um, and where it's going to be used. And that is also a consideration when it comes to voiceover. Whereas it's harder to do that when you're selling off of a platform like Fiverr, because the nuances are kind of lost. They can be. So you end up working a lot for little money or less money as opposed to working larger campaigns for more money and maybe, you know, less people, less campaigns, but more, more in your pocket. I mean, because this is an art, it's both an art and a science. So knowing what you're doing means that you are not selling your time for money. It's, it's licensing. And in your private life, uh, do you speak the, the, same, the same way as when you are voiceover artist? <laughs> as seasons passed, a boy and girl. Now I will change my voice. <laughs> yeah. Alternating paragraphs, sometimes in different colors. When you're talking about voiceover these days, especially because people's BSometers are so high, uh -huh. you can't not be yourself because this is all about authenticity. So if I'm going to speak a voiceover for someone, it has to sound like it's coming from me. Like I believe what I'm saying. So I can't put on a voice for that. That just has to be me. That has to be how I speak. And that's just how it has to be because most of what I'm doing is either non-broadcast internet related, like on their website, proud videos mm -hmm. of who the company is and why people should care, right? How is anyone going to care if I don't care? <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's the same with advertising. So if I don't care about what I'm saying, how is anyone who listens to me supposed to care? And and, you know, if you're talking about audio branding, which I talk about a lot, you want to be the voice of that brand. Mm. And to be the voice of that brand, you have to be a real person. 
So I can't just put on a voice and expect people are going to connect with that because they're not. <laughs> Let's go into that direction. What is audio branding and maybe the most essential component of audio branding? Well, okay, I'm going to read out a definition that the International Sound Awards gives to audio branding because I think that really explains it very well. So it's a brand sound that represents the identity and values of a brand in a distinctive manner. The audio logo branded functional sound. So say you have a GE pedal and it makes a specific sound when it's ready to boil or whatever, or your car makes a certain sound when you turn on the engine, that kind of, that's like a branded uh, functional sound, right? So brand music or the brand voice are characteristic elements of audio branding. So it's an entire audio spectrum of what a brand can sound like. And there are so many different touch points of this. So yeah, there is voiceover involved. And that's kind of why I wanted to talk about it because I contribute to that on a regular basis. But I also wanted to know the deeper part of this, what other things are involved in that? And how do people come up with these sounds? I mean, how does it connect with people? How do we make it work? How do we implement it? Where do we implement it? <laughs> this is all very important and each brand is gonna do it differently. They arranged to meet the first time in London They met at her hotel Each was just as the other imagined They'd done their homework well As time went on, they wrote some songs they Let's start with uh, different types of voice And I mean verbal, paraverbal as far as the voice is concerned, I think that a lot of it has to do with the emotion you want to evoke. So sound in general is meant to give us emotional context. If you think about it, when you're watching a movie, if you turn off the sound, you just stop caring about what's happening on the screen. You don't care anymore because you're not getting that emotional context anymore. You're not understanding and you're not feeling what you're seeing on the screen. So think about that conversely when you're talking about brands. Without sound, you're seeing them, maybe you understand them, but you don't really care. <laughs> so, so that's what we need with the emotional context of sound. That's what it gives to us. So it gives us a, a deeper connection with the brand that we're experiencing. And I think that people who ignore the sound of their brand are really doing a disservice to their brand. How can you tell if someone is being uh, genuine in, in, in their communication? You know, sometimes I think it's hard to tell, but uh, as far as voice is concerned, I think that it's very, uh, I think that we are hardwired as human beings to understand whether someone is being authentic or not in their voice. And I think that that's actually uh, an easier way to figure it out than other sounds or visuals. A lot of times your body language will give a hint as to how authentic you're really being. But I think that we actually hear it in our voices. I think that's why social audio, things like Clubhouse and Twitter spaces are gaining so much traction. And whether or not they end up being the final version of where we go with that is debatable. But I think that people like hearing other people's voices. They want to have discussions with people. I will say also that in social media, like I can be on LinkedIn or Facebook and be connected to someone for years. 
and not know them nearly so well as I do having a 20 minute conversation with them on Clubhouse. <laughs> I think that context is everything. And I think that when someone is saying something and their body language is saying something else, I think the context is that third part. The white ship goes wandering upon the dark waves in the summer it left from the shore. Many so that puts everything in relative um, congruence, I guess. So you can understand maybe where someone's coming from if you're listening to them, seeing their body language and understanding where they are in that moment. She speeds across the water, the wind at her back and the crew hopes she'll carry them home. It's, it's hard to see only or it's hard to hear only. I think that a lot of times we need all of those bits and pieces together in order to get the full idea of what's really going on. To the captain and crew, but the little girl's gaze is ice cold. The lady is faithful, she sails bravely. I do think that voice is maybe a little easier to pick out true intention than just looking at someone spend if he ever sees home dark down below where no one dares go so you know i but that's my bias right because i'm i'm all about the sound so that's my bias i understand that other people may think differently that's just where i'm coming from <laughs> was it like uh, winning the Sovas or what what's the name of <laughs> the Sovas yeah that's yeah. what it's called yeah for the outstanding narration demo yes yeah it was uh, very exciting I, I actually wasn't there <laughs> um, but your voice was there yeah my voice was there yes exactly Um, yeah, it was it was exciting. It, it's a it's an honor, definitely, to because it's being judged by your peers. So, yeah, I mean, a very big uh, thing to have in your career, and I think it's uh, wonderful for anyone to be able to to have that kind of thing happen to them. I think it's a lot of fun. What the Solas Award is, if you can explain a little bit. It's the uh, Society of Voice Actors. Um, yeah, I, I believe that's that's what it is. Um, so it's basically our Oscars. <laughs> wow. Yeah, um, and it's uh, put on every year, and they switch it between New York and LA, and it's um, it's a, a a big honor when when you're noticed, even when you're nominated. It's a big honor. So last year, my podcast was nominated, which was really nice. And uh, yeah, so I mean, it's just something that I think every industry has their own awards and this just happens to be ours, but it's fun. 
was there any transformation uh, in your life, in your way of thinking, in your way of living from, from when you started with this specific job? You know, I think that I have definitely had a deeper understanding of how sound works, certainly, since starting this. Context, again, is everything. <laughs> and uh, I, I definitely have come into my own as a solopreneur. So as a, a person who works for myself, I've definitely had to learn a lot about how to continue a business and how to make it profitable. And I, I've come to the conclusion that I don't like selling time for dollars. So the difference being because I am licensing my voice, it doesn't matter how long it takes me to do something. It's more about what it's being used for. And that is a revelation, really, when it comes to it, because that means <clears throat> the world kind of opens up in a lot of ways. And uh, really, if I was being paid for how long it took me to do something, I'd be paying, I'd be getting paid less as years went by because I'm getting better at what I do and getting my clients what they need faster and not wasting anyone's time. <laughs> so if I was to be paid on how long it took me to do something, I'd actually make less money now than I, than I was in the beginning. <laughs> so be, not having to trade my, my time for money has definitely opened up the whole entrepreneurial space to me yeah please immerse more into into the context well as far as context is concerned in a voiceover context i think that a lot of people neglect giving the voice actor the music that they're going to put on whatever video or commercial or whatever they need the voiceover for um, when they don't send that to me, I don't have as much context as I wish I had. Because when they've chosen the music, that again gives me the tone that they're after. So if it's a really commanding dump, 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 dump type of music, right, then I know that I need a more authoritative kind of voice and that that's what they're after. And, you know, that they're they're wanting to get across their their point in a very straightforward manner right? They may not use contractions, things like they may say you are instead of your, they may, you know, th these kinds of things are context that I'm given just by hearing that music. So if it's a more light and tinkly piano, then, you know, maybe I know that it's supposed to be warmer and more calm, you know, and, and that my voice, it's still me. It's, I'm not putting on a voice. But the, the tone of my voice is going to change based on the music I'm hearing that they want to use. And likewise, when I'm looking at the script, if they don't have contractions, if they're very straightforward in their language, then I know that that is where they want my voice to fall. And if they are using contractions or they have phrases that are you know something we'd say in general conversation then i know that they want it a little more casual and more conversational sounding you know so there are all sorts of cues that i'm given from both the script and the music that will inform how i'm supposed to speak that for them and again when i'm speaking it for them i am not to sound like i'm reading i'm supposed to sound like i'm answering someone else's question
what should content creators remember when using audio logos to evoke specific customer emotion? Yeah, audio logos are tricky, I think, because people think if they just put a sound on like a three second sound on something that it's just it's going to work for them. <laughs> there are reasons that there are audio branding companies that's that you know, they have a, a, a specific skill set that they use in order to come up with what these things should be. So my advice to someone who's interested in an audio logo is speak to an audio branding company, if at all possible, because not only are they going to give you that three second thing that is what your brand DNA sounds like, but they're also going to give you other touch points. So they might provide the music that you would use on the videos you put on your website. They might use, they might give you music you would use on your on hold, um, your IVR when people are calling in. They might give you music that would play before a public speaker from your company going to represent your company at a conference of some kind. There, you know, if you have a device of some kind, it might be the brand sounds that come from that device. So there are all sorts of ways that you can use the sound of a company as a, a much broader spectrum of how people will understand who your company is. And I think that it's a mistake to think that audio branding is all about the audio logo because it's way more than that. <laughs> and, and it needs to be way more than that. Because how do you come up with that? You come up with that by brainstorming with the company itself about what makes them who they are and putting that into a sound. And it could be a sound with many different elements, like what does the sun sound like? What does uh, calm sound like to you? What does community sound like to you? There's all sorts of different ways that you can do this. You can have many different voices on a particular sound. You could have um like a, a sound like a, a marimba that might you know make you think of the sun the beat can also make you think like the sun is happy right like so there's all sorts of different ways to figure this out and every company is going to do that differently and sound differently and that's kind of the point we're all different but there are ways to come up with that sound that makes it very specific to your company and when you're able to do that having an audio logo that fits with the whole thing is, I mean, it's gold. <laughs> so why would you use a voice actor as opposed to say uh, a text to speech voice or something like that? Um, and I will say that using an actual person who cares about what you are trying to accomplish is making your company sound professional it's giving people the idea that you actually care about what you're putting out there into the world and when I hear a synth voice on a video on someone's website, that to me just says to, that they didn't care all that much, that they don't understand the power of the sound that they're using. Or use one as a crutch when they shatter at your touch, you're starting over. 
so I, I, I mean, I'm biased, obviously, <laughs> but, but I do think that it's important to use the voice of someone who, first of all, matches your brand. So figure out what kind of emotion you want to evoke with the voice that you're using and find a voice that you could hear speaking your message. And then make sure that that person can connect with what you're asking them to say. So they need to care about what your company does and they need to put that into the voice that they use on the video that you're asking them to comment with so there's there's a lot that goes into this and i think that um a, a voice actor who knows what they're doing is going to be able to connect with the message you're trying to get out there so that people understand it and so that other people care as well because you need that emotional context if people aren't hearing that the person who is speaking your message cares about what they're saying, then you're just not going to reach people. They're just not going to understand why they should care about what you're doing. So it's important, you know, if, if that text to speech voice is just speaking the words that you told it to speak with no caring at all, it doesn't get your message across the way that I think you would want it to get across. In all of our lives. When you see the world around with well, if anyone wants to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, which is at voiceoversandvocals.com. And I also have a podcast called Audio Branding, The Hidden Gem of Marketing, where I talk about the power of sound, a lot of what we were just talking about here, and uh, mostly about our buying decisions, but also about the sound and how it, in, it influences our daily lives. So it's a really interesting topic and there is so much to cover. <laughs> and I also have weekly clubhouse meetings on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. And it's in the club called The Power of Sound, which is a, a sort of a companion to the website. You're starting over. 21st Century Entrepreneurship with Martin Piskarik. To build a dream from scattered pieces on the ground, then you have to believe in everything you've made.